The whole point of raising the Fed funds target rate, mm -hmm. the whole point of what the Fed is doing. Pulling money out of the system. We're pulling money out of the system. Yeah. We're also lowering net worths. Yeah. We're also lowering valuations of companies. Yeah. We're doing all of this gradually over time mm -hmm. until things like unemployment creep up. Yep. Until wages come down. Nobody likes to talk about this gory, nasty detail of what we're actually doing and the impacts that it has. We want to talk about the numbers. Unemployment goes up. We're not talking about this is actually the intent. This is what they are trying to do. That's right. why the Fed's job right. is monetary policy and employment because they're, they're, they're inverse relationships. Mm -hmm. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back, everybody. This is, once again, the higher standard. I am the Sasha Baron Cohen of real estate, the Jeff Goldblum of podcasting, and sitting next to me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Uchi Waliwali. Uchi Bang Bang, the Fred Flintstone to your Barney Rebel. Let me just get that out the way. You should. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with the Barney Rebel to my Fred Flintstone. Right, exactly. But also known as Sultry Saeed and the Barry White of podcasting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, that is Saeed Omar. I am fresh off a mini vacation to Hawaii, and this episode is going to be somewhat all over the place because on vacation, mm -hmm. thanks to Saeed's constant taunting, of the cryptocurrency community. Oh. I had somebody, it looks like, I don't know if they got all the emails in my email list or what the deal is. They sent out an email mm -hmm. effectively trying to solicit people to respond from, and then it was a Gmail account, the official Christopher Nahibi at gmail.com. So you weren't scamming me. It was somebody else. It was somebody else <laughs> trying to scam you. It was a cryptocurrency scam. Wow. And I knew immediately when that email went out, and I got it myself because they're trying to scam me as me, <laughs> uh, that. It was, this is your fault. This is my, this is <laughs> this my fault. Nobody's the fault. The crypto bros are after you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Blame your boy, Jamie Dimon. Well, we'll get into that shortly. So the, the big news on the cryptocurrency front is Ethereum has finished their long-awaited energy-saving, quote, merge, end quote, mm -hmm. which is an upgrade to their network. And for those of you who are not familiar with what that means, don't worry about it. We're going to teach you uh, everything you need to know about the merge right now. Vis-a-vis -a, -vis a nice little clip from Bloomberg where a coin, I think Coinbase-based individual starts talking about it. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Let's, let's listen to what he has to say. 
Ethereum just got revamped. According to its co-founder, Vitalik Buterin, the blockchain network has now completed the crypto's most ambitious change to date. Well, we're now joined by James Butterfield, head of research at CoinShares. James, great to speak to Hi you there. because I think last time you were in a banking job, yes, right? And, and then now you're, you're kind of like crypto. How excited are you about this change and the fact that they're becoming greener? This is massive. I mean, Ethereum has been trying to shift to a proof-of-stake protocol for many years. Um, What's very important for cryptocurrencies is that they have a large network and a proof of work where they mine is a good way. It provides an economic incentive to build a network. Now it's done that and it's shifting to this proof of stake where it stops mining. Um, it, it will offer now a 5% yield. So, And so far with the merge, which happened at 7.40 this morning, everything looks to be progressing well. Yeah, I, I love the fact that we call it the merge. It's suddenly like, the, you know, you've taken over, they've taken over this term that we used to use all the time. So what are the proof of systems for? Is there an understanding, like how much percentage wide of the population actually understand what this means? And, and if you think it's a small percentage, can you explain it to everyone? Yeah, the proof of systems is a large decentralized network and you need people to validate it and then have yeah. an incentive to validate it. Uh, it's, it's easy and simple in uh, a proof of work where you mine. Yeah. In a proof of stake concept, it's a lot harder. Right. So the idea is you issue a yield, you print more Ethereum essentially to, to issue a yield. I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there, James. <laughs> now, as much as his English accent comes off sophisticated. So sophisticated. Sophisticated and classy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What have we learned in the economy about printing more money or printing more Ethereum? Yeah, it will not ultimately provide you a better yield. <laughs> it will not ultimately provide you a better yield. That is how inflation kicks in. And to give you a great example using Ethereum, uh, something like Bitcoin has a finite amount. Once you mine it all, it is all out there. If you can continue to print more, the value it over time for each coin, in theory, should go down. Right. Not too dissimilar from what the dollar is currently experiencing. And because I don't actually talk trash on cryptocurrency, I'm going to let Saeed here tell you what Jamie Dimon had to say. Yeah, exactly. Jamie Dimon was recently at, I believe, who was he, who was he in front of? Do you know? It was at a conference. I don't remember. It was, at, it was at some conference and he came out guns blazing. Yeah, hot. Quote, I'm a major skeptic on crypto tokens, which you call currency like Bitcoin, which are a decentralized Ponzi scheme. God damn. Yeah, he came, woo, hot. Yeah, and I don't know what that what that did actually on, on the day for Bitcoin and Ethereum, but that can't that can't be good. It didn't impact him a whole lot. It's not like the stock market were trades, but what I will tell you is is he's what part of a rising chorus of very traditional banking system involved individuals, whether it's just him or someone like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. who all outwardly hate cryptocurrency. Now, what I'll tell you is an interesting phenomenon that's happened is that you're getting. The NFT world is kind of hitting uh, a bit of a brick wall. Uh -huh. We talked about in previous episodes how they're down like 99% and 90% right. depending on how you look at their volume. But the numbers have dropped off significantly. Mm -hmm. And people are calling it like a fad, almost like the pet rock thing that we've yeah. referenced in the past <laughs> exactly. and joke. But, and it's, it's one of those things where it's one of many bubbles. And some people are now arguing that that was the first bubble in this new economy to fall. Mm -hmm. But if you look at NFTs as kind of a segue for cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency could be another one of those bad bubbles that that burst right right like we'll look back on it and be like oh my god it was so funny because everybody was doing that and but it's not a big thing yeah exactly and part of this could be guided by a lot of people who have political ties to the government trying to to take this away while they produce a government-backed cryptocurrency maybe yeah exactly 
But it is clear that there is a war being waged from a regulatory standpoint, from a political standpoint, and now from a centralized banking standpoint. Right. By high figures like, you know, Buffett and now Jamie Dimon coming out and talking about it. It's it's going to have a material impact whether they like it or not on right. this decentralized network. Right. Um, now, so tell me, how did you first catch wind of it? Did you catch wind of the scam via them trying to scam you or did somebody actually ask you if this is legitimate? I got an email from myself asking me if I was interested in cryptocurrency. Matter of fact, I should probably read this email because the email is, is really good. Because it's written in a way that obviously this is a non-native English-speaking person. Right. And I'm not really sure that anybody would actually expect me to sound this way, but it is what it is. But basically, it was an email to me saying, hey, like, you know. Uh, invest in some cryptocurrency. Invest in some crypto. It, it was no, it was even worse than that. So um, I can only imagine. Imagine, did this, I wonder if this went out to, like, all your contacts. Did anybody actually reach out to you afterwards it went say, out to a number of my contacts that that were like hey like what's up with this like what's going on now that, that was that was what's interesting is like when someone hacks your emails like this mm -hmm. like it's very unsettling you're like well how did they how did they get this like how are they coming after me like what's the deal it was just very very right. very weird i actually found the email oh, did you, you oh, sent me yeah okay, there you go it goes uh, hey read, everyone! Read no, no read the, read the, the the title first. The subject, the, yeah, subject, the subject, right? Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome back to another best profitable way of cryptocurrency. Best profitable way of cryptocurrency. Money back. Money back. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. Thank you for listening to Higher Standard of our best profitable way for cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Hi, I just want to take this time out to say a big thank you for every supportive comments you have given me for hitting the like button, and for the numerous views I keep getting for each video. I hope you follow most of my advice on each video. Remember to do your due diligence. No period. Well, I was wondering if you would love to learn a different approach to crypto investing that I've been working on for a while now. I am sure you'll be interested in this one. Please kindly confirm you received this email. Kind regards, Chris N. Yes, please kindly refer for a profitable way of learning the cryptocurrencies. <laughs> it's, it's, first of all, I will never email any of you asking for any of this stuff. Let's just put that out there as it is now. Yeah. But let's. if I were to email you, it wouldn't be throwing the word kindly around 6,000 times. You'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. You listen to our shit. We give you a free service. You hook us up and we right. hook you up. And, yeah. You know, we'd be. But we don't do that because we don't sell anything. Yeah, we, we certainly we haven't sold anything. We're not going to start off with crypto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a higher standard coin for you, most yeah. profitable way. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's probably not the, the most profitable way. Just in case anybody was. So what do you think? Wondering. So like now that you know Buffett's Buffett's been on the record, we're not going to gloss over the fact that you brought this on me. Yeah, well, your I, shit I, talking I, of cryptocurrency I, brought this shit on me. Yeah, yeah, they're all laughing. At I'm you on now. vacation, going like. Fucking Saeed. I did not do this. God damn it. I did not do it. I've, I've actually been pretty nice. I've, I've stayed away. Listen, I've been more than supportive of the cryptocurrency community, the <laughs> NFT don't, community. Don't do this. For this shit to happen to me from the official Christopher Nehebe at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. First of all, you can't be official unless you're notable. And despite right. my arrogant like bullshit that I sarcastically talk about in this show, like I know that I'm not notable. Like I know <laughs> that I'm not like, you know. Right. Like, I'm not that. So I don't need a quote official page because there's not anybody who's going like, you know what? I'm going to be the fake one. But now there is a fake one and it's the official one, which is very awkward for me. Yeah. Very awkward. Yeah. Anyway. You know, it's not so awkward. What's not so awkward. Um, those mortgage rates in that's keeping that that six handle that we talked about. That was a minus two for the shitty segue. But Come on, man. Yeah. Mortgage rates have crept up. Yeah. And so now currently it's six point two nine percent. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. That's what I get for being gone for a week. They crept up like 20-something like yeah, yeah. basis points. Yeah, no, 20-something basis um, points. In that's an increase for the fifth straight week, highest point in 14 years. 
So what I'll say is this was all foreseeable. It was all planned. It was all mm-hmm. kind of known. You had to know when the, when the market run-up was happening that these things were going to take place. And I'll put a big-ass asterisk here. As we've said on many episodes before, this is not the end of this rise. Mm-hmm. The 10-year has not moved out of the inversion yet, at least not that I'm aware of. I was right. on vacation, but right. I don't think that it has. So when you have the two-year still trailing well above the 10-year, yeah. these and the 10-year is the most impactful metric for mortgage rates. You're going to see this continue to move upward. And it's going to happen gradually. Right. It's going to happen over time. I think now in the low sixes, we're still going to wind up where we predicted originally at the end of the year between, call it, I think originally the first time we talked about it was 675 or 6875 was kind of mm-hmm. what we were talking about kind of ending the year. High at. sixes, maybe High even, sixes, maybe, maybe maybe even the seven sevens. handle. Yeah. 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 I think we're still going to wind up there. Yeah. I, I still think that we're definitely on track. And right now we're in the end of September, mm-hmm. October, November, December. Arguably, at least two inch trade increases in, in in between now and then. Not even arguably, guaranteed. I mean, it's all it's the writing's on the wall already for another. I'll go ahead on record already calling it it's another seventy five basis point. Wow, on record. We haven't even talked about this shit. How dare you book it? Wow. <laughs> yeah, another seventy five base. What's what's the premise behind that? So, uh, Jay Powell came out and said right that the new target rate, I believe he said, is now. 4.4% by the end of the year, which is a 100 basis point increase from his original projection. So let's pause right here. I mm-hmm. want to break because I didn't know you were going to go here, but now that you have. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Fed has lost credibility with this kind of, I mean, because they've moved this target rate a number of times. Yeah. Well, he's now we've talked about how they've made a complete switch, you know, where previously they were citing things of lagging indicators and using it, you know, to defend their position. But now they're using it as we need these markers to go down and taking a completely different tune. Which, by right? the way, fuck you, yeah, Mr. Fed Secretary and everybody else who was like, we're not in a recessionary economy. Yeah, labor market's strong, Labor man. market's strong. Um, GDP going down in two consecutive quarters is normally right. an indicator, but not right. now. Right. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going... They're going to what they should have gone for in, in the first place. They're, they're now acknowledging all the things that we thought was, was true. Mm-hmm. But you have to say that the Fed's job is, is employment and monetary policy. Monetary policy, right? right. To control inflation. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you can look at this in, in one of two ways. Like employment's really strong, but monetary policy is very weak. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't balanced those two things. And then you have a Fed, particularly a Fed secretary, who likes to be communicative. Right. But he has been communicative. And he's communicated things that have changed multiple times now. Right. So we, as a consumer, we have money in the market. We, you know, have people in the market that take these things as somewhat gospel. And this is there's been a very reactionary market mm-hmm. to his comments. Just look at the last time he spoke after their their conference. Well, I can only imagine how awkward it is for him to stand there and say, "We need, you know, this housing the housing market to correct itself." Right? We really need to see this number go down. Whereas before he was saying, "Look how high it is. It's so great." Well, this, these things take time, dude. Yeah. You know, and so for them, for him to say initially the projection was 3.4% by the end of the year. Now they're saying 4.4%, right? There's only two more meetings this year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one on November 2nd and the other on December 14th. Yes. So if the current Fed funds rate is at three to three and a quarter, right? But they it, still have October to, to, again, like they had the last time they had the two month kind of like yeah, grace. But they have, so they, if it's three, uh, it's three to three and a quarter right now and there's, Let's say there's two more meetings that they or they can increase the rates. The next one has to be 75 basis points. 
I think Bloomberg has it at 50 basis points and the subsequent one after that at 25. Mm. And then I'm they going have 75.50. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, yeah. that, that, that's definitely feasible. What I'll say is this, is that I think the large part of the rhetoric where 2023 is going to be better and everything's going to calm down, that's gone away now. Mm-hmm. And every major economist that I, I've listened to lately and I've been trying to listen to stuff in between, you know, me and vacationing and everything else, yeah. trying to not work. Has, has been pretty clear that they all expect now 2023 to be kind of one of those stagnant years where this all continues to develop. Once mm-hmm. we hit the Fed target, as far as like rates go, we're going to wait and see. Right. And to give that people an idea is even if we hit the Fed target rate, we're still waiting for those lagging indicators to move. We haven't seen them move. Yeah. Now, our argument is that January 1, 2022 was the start of a recessionary economy. And right. then, you know, we got six months into it. We saw the GDP numbers evidence that. When Enver uh, declares a recession, National Bureau of Economic Research, Enver declares a recession, it'll be retroactive to the first quarter, the first month of the first quarter that that you know GDP started to go down. So that's six months. We're now in, call it month nine, towards the end of it, heading into month 10, and we still haven't acknowledged the recessionary economy. So at least a nine-month lag right. on reaction. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had the benefit of oil going up and going down in, in this time, which had some negligible impact on inflation going from 85 to 8.3%. Right. Still a significant number, well above Fed target of 2 to 3%. So you're going to have to see about 9, 10 months, almost a year. I yeah. mean, we haven't seen any significant improvements. Let's just call it a year. Right. Before, once we get to the Fed target, we see things move. Right. Because that's just how long that's it how takes. That's how long it takes. And so I've we were talking about this uh, on the phone the other day. And not, maybe we should bring it up now is I had some people reach out and ask, why doesn't the Fed just come out the gate and just Mm. increase it? um, The gung-ho approach. The gung-ho approach, bang, bang, maybe increase it like a full hundred basis points each time to correct it, maybe even more, but explain to people why that probably, that would be a terrible idea. So the the markets, uh, human behavioral economics, there's a lot that plays into this, but the easiest illustration I can give to you is what happened during the last interest rate increase. Mm Mm-hmm. There was concern after a bad CPI print, at least right. for all intents and purposes, a bad print because core inflation actually went up while inflation CPI went down from 8.5 to 8.3, but not significant. Mm-hmm. And core inflation goes up. So that's a bad print. Yeah. So the markets go, holy shit, holy shit, this might be a 100 basis point increase. And then we saw a 900 point drop in the Dow the next day. So like unpredictability. Unpredictability. The whole, whether we want to break it down to its core or not. I'm going to tell you and everybody out there exactly how this works. And it's going to be really shitty mm-hmm. because this is the one thing that economists aren't going to tell you straight up. Right. The whole point of raising the Fed funds target rate, mm-hmm. the whole point of what the Fed is doing. Pulling money out of the system. We're pulling money out of the system. Yeah. We're also lowering net worths. Yeah. We're also lowering valuations of companies. Yeah. We're doing all of this gradually over time mm-hmm. until things like unemployment creep up. Yep until wages come down. Nobody likes to talk about this gory, nasty detail of what we're actually doing and the impacts that it has. We want to talk about the numbers. Unemployment goes up. We're not talking about this is actually the intent. This is what they are trying to do. That's right. why the Fed's job right. is monetary policy and employment because they're, they're, they're inverse relationships. Mm-hmm. So their job is to balance the two. And you can see how far out of balance we are now. Right. So for them to come in, and just drop that on the table 
would blow up the markets. They would blow up the economy in a lot of ways. It, it, yeah. it would dramatically. Think about it this way. We're already seeing less properties and using real estate as a proxy because, you know, I love real estate. Mm -hmm. We're seeing properties not listed as much. We already had a supply and demand, quote, issue where there's not enough supply to meet the demand. Right. Demand has already fallen off a fucking cliff. I mean, affordability hits its worst level in about 40 years. I mean, it's 37 yeah. years, something like that, right? So we're super, super, super low on affordability. Yep. And then that's only with what we have now. And there's more interest rates, to, interest, interest increases to come. Wow, I'm stuck on stupid. Yeah. That's all, to folks. Put, to put that into perspective, how bad the affordability is right now, um, to give you everyone an example, a mortgage of four hundred fifty thousand dollars. The payment. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. The the payment tied to a four hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage now would only get you three hundred fifteen thousand. Yeah, I mean it is it is tangible now. We're, yeah. we're at a point now where, but houses are still closing within thirty days, which is crazy. You know, now that's we'll probably see that get adjusted in the upcoming months. But like we said, these things take time. Right. Mortgage applications are already in and, you know, rates have been locked. So. So I saw an interesting argument online and on social media. And then I saw Keeping Current Matters. I hate that Instagram page, their business model. You know, they, they, they do all the social media marketing for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. They had um, a pretty good social media personality real estate agent. Um. Oh, on and he was arguing. They were all arguing like, "Oh yeah, values are going down, you know, over this period, but over the year they're going up." And now we're stretched out into this yeah. year perspective, which in a year from now they can't use that argument. So they're just using the arguments they have until they're gone. Exactly, which is tacky and shitty and all sorts of bad. But what I'll say is this: is that we we are in this weird kind of fluctuation situation. And it's only expedited, oh, I'm sorry, it's only exasperated by how low interest rates were. We have mm -hmm. this weird problem now where people had mortgages at 2.75%, 3%. They just think that's the norm. Well, not only that, but their their payments are so low relative to the property they bought. Now right. they don't want to sell. They want to rent it out because their payments are so low they can cash flow because yeah. rental rates have gone up. Oh, it makes sense. That would be the, you know, the financially smart thing to do. So now people who would otherwise be selling property yeah. want to keep it. So they can buy another property or you know whatever it is, and they can cash flow this property. So some people I've heard are actually are renting their property out and then renting a property on their own because they're cash flow positive, more money on that, mm -hmm. and their net rent is lower than their net mortgage was, right? Even if it's a couple hundred dollars lower. Mm -hmm. So we're at this weird thing where there, there's so many impacts to what we did with this 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation that are impacting the market in a way we never thought or really foresaw. Mm -hmm. This has not happened before. Right. This is this has not been a situation before where people have been like, you know what? I'm not going to rent. I'm, I mean, I look at my listings in my area, and I have in my local community, there's about 1,600 homes, mm -hmm. 1,600, 1,800 actually. Um, there are really no new listings coming online. Right. There are no new listings coming coming out, and it, it's it's interesting. I mean, well, some of that so, also has to be right, like it's seasonality. It's season seasonality for sure. And the other is, if I sell my house, where am I going to go? Where are you going to go? Right. Yeah, I mean, and then rental rates are super high. You're going to move to a new area, pay over market because you know values haven't adjusted right. yet. You can see how this all sets up to to we're putting fingers in the dike of the dam, mm -hmm. right? We're we're putting fingers in in this trying to stop these leaks. Yeah, exactly. But sooner or later, this thing comes down. Right. And I don't want to be like negative or or dark. These are great buying opportunities for potential right. investors, and there's definitely things for you know 
future you buying a property I mean, where the mortgage rates will be at one is, is you know one concern there's other concerns out there but it's just a reality we have to face. It's a reality that we have have to face that this is the intent that they're aiming for. They're trying. It's absolutely intent. Yeah. And and to give you an idea of why this is hitting housing so quickly mm-hmm. is because housing was so overinflated. Yeah, exactly. NFTs were so overinflated. I'm sure, everybody saw it in their own neighborhoods. If I were to say to you or anybody out there listening, NFTs blew up because they were overvalued. Right. I think the majority of people out there would go, yeah, yeah. 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 Because they don't own NFTs. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they think think of them as like nothing or, you know, it's a bubble. Right. But when I say your house, because you own one or because you're a realtor and you're in the business of one. No, no, no. Yeah. Those are not overvalued. Those go up in value. Those go up. Those go up over time. Those go up. We've seen the charts. They go up. 25% in a year. Yeah, 25% (laughs) every year. Like those go up. And you're like, no, dude, that's a bias. Right. That's favoritism. That, That is your emotional behavioral economics. That is your connection to it. And to go back to what we were talking about earlier, that is also the same behavioral economics, the connection to the markets that the Fed has to be cautious of. Right. We think so much of what's going on right now is just based on the economy and monetary policy. There's a huge human element to this. There always has been. Right. We just don't want to accept it. And we as a mass of people, a person is smart. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are stupid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, there's a lot of stupid people. So this hysteria kicks in, people start freaking out. Right. You've got to play the market slowly over time. Yeah, exactly. That's why they were trying to soft serve it. Well, keep in mind too, a fast change is a crash. Right. A slow change is an adjustment. Right. A correction. Right. Something that you can manage, you know, and plan yeah. for. If if we had the choice right now as a society, right? If we all decided, are we gonna have a correction or are we gonna have a crash? I think most people would opt for the correction. Of course, yeah. Right? The Fed has that choice. Mm-hmm. Their choice is to slowly increase rates over time and to change the rhetoric slowly. I mean, you, it's clear yep. how their rhetoric around this has changed. Yep, They are causing a correction by design, which if it happened in a shorter period of time, if they did what your friend asked you, mm-hmm. would be a complete crash. Right. That's the answer for your friend. Exactly. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. So, I mean, for the upcoming uh, FOMC meetings, uh, they will have the benefit the next time around of getting a PCE report yeah. right before. So, core. yeah, the core, core inflation, inflation report, yeah. right, that they want to rely heavily on. So that, that'll come out September 30th, right before the November 2nd meeting. And then in addition to that, on September 30th, uh, the University of Michigan uh, report on consumer sentiment it will also be coming out. So I want to talk about that a little bit because I think consumer sentiment for the large part has not really appropriated all the realities that we're dealing with. Right. I, I think by far, if you heard that little clink, that, that wasn't was, me. That was Saeed. <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, 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 <laughs> opening up our, our new bar section of the studio. Yeah. Which uh, Thank we, you to the missus. Yeah, thank you to the missus. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Saeed Omar did... Right. Uh, is some damn good stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait for everybody to see it. Curtains, alcohol, the shrub. Yeah, the shrub. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, the fake candle. But as I was saying, the fake candle, the fandle. It, it's gotten to a weird point where I think people are still spending, myself included. You know, just got back from vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, doing some spending on, on stuff that we're that we're working on. And I look at myself and I think, you know, should I be pulling back? Is the economy pulling back? Mm-hmm. But I can tell you. I don't think so. There was a lot of people out there on vacation. There was a lot of people doing their things. There's a lot of like foreign tourism still well, there. Some of that stuff had been planned out for people for a long time, man. Yeah, but 
at what point do you stop planning? Yeah. Is that the point where, again, like these lagging indicators start kicking in? Mm -hmm. Is anybody not buying things right now because they feel constrained? I, I, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, I've seen articles recently that come out that came out talking about how people feel really the pressure when it comes to groceries and their spending. Yeah. But when you look at the numbers, they're not going down. Right. And, we're seeing credit card debt still on the rise. Yeah. Credit card debt's on the rise. People are still spending for vacations. They're still spending on discretionary spending. Mm -hmm. Discretionary spending has been trailing down in certain subsectors for a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where the numbers for consumer spending and holiday spending wind up. Particularly, I think, which would be a huge red flag for me for what's to come. Right. Be Black Friday. Oh, wow. Will Black Friday yep. spending be, because last year was just monumental. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. it, was, it was huge. I don't do, I don't do much Black Friday shopping, but um, yeah, I can imagine that that'll be very telling. Well, it's, it's predominantly online now. So, yeah. I mean, you don't have to go out and, you know, do the whole like the wait Walmart in Walmart at one right. o'clock in the morning bullshit. Right. But, but yeah, this, this isn't a problem just for us. So, um, I also read an article that Bloomberg put out saying that this in inflation is a issue all around the world. It really right. is. And it, it and that that's the part that I think people people really don't appreciate is that we can easily I put I put a meme out about the Fed and the economy. Mm -hmm. And I use Gone Girl, which is a dark, kind of funny thing. But yeah. it it was really sarcasm because this is not just the Fed. Right. We talked about in the last episode about how there are, you know, several housing markets across the world. Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, that are having huge, huge corrections, if not crashes right now. Yeah. And they're, in every single part of the world, real estate's coming down faster. China even, right? So China, China's having a huge problem. Yeah, huge problem. So Bank of England raised key lending rate from 0.15 to 2.25%. Um, Bank of Japan has intervened to prop up their currency for the first time since the 80s, mm -hmm. right? And central banks around the world, Norway, Indonesia, Switzerland, the Philippines, all raise rates as well in hopes to curb soaring inflation. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, that the U.S. does have some significant impacts on those economies. So our recession mm -hmm. is their recession on some level. But this is a worldwide problem now. Right. Th this whole fallacy of a decentralized cryptocurrency network. Shit. To do this and then it's going to be another uh -oh. <laughs> hello thank you for listening to <laughs> yeah, higher standards yeah, yeah, we're not selling anything you did not respond to last email please <laughs> respond to this one <laughs> yeah but here's the problem is that you have you have a worldwide phenomenon in cryptocurrency mm -hmm. you had real estate values across the world going up i mean people in china were literally buying apartments and condos not renting them out just leaving them vacant ghost towns right and that was their that was their bank yeah and they're now ghost towns and for those of you who don't remember, this was actually a phenomenon around 2007, 2008 in China. This is not the first time this has happened. Really? These ghost towns of investment properties that are yeah. literally just empty. Yeah. This has happened before. Wow. And that's how short our memory is. But this is a real problem. And this is a real problem across the world. And for us to think that the Fed is just impacting us, it's not. It's impacting the world. And other, people, other parts of the world are having to respond in kind. Right. They have, they have different ways of handling it, granted. But- Mm -hmm. Our U.S. currency is is impactful, and I'll give you a great example of that. And when I went to Hawaii, mm -hmm. a lot of Korean tourists, a lot of Japanese tourists, a lot of Chinese tourists were there, right? And their money here is going a different measure based on their own currency versus the U.S. currency versus inflation. Things are definitely impactful to everybody. And as much as we like to think that we're like this hot spot, like hub, yeah, 
We buy a lot from China. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if their inflation goes up and their costs go up. I mean, how much of our medication comes from there? I don't I, know. Uh, it's a lot, I w- though. Yeah. I want to say like over 70%. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It just costs of production, labor markets cheaper. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's going to be where you're going to start to see some emerging markets of countries that are going to be wind up. China's not as cheap as we once thought they were. Mm-hmm. They're not as cheap. The labor market's not too cheap anymore. That's why you see more stuff built in, you know, uh, Vietnam. Yeah. More stuff in, in, in India. Right. There's just cheaper places now in the world than, than what we once thought China was. Right. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's some labor laws, different stuff like that. But it's, it's an international problem. And for us to be blind to it, I think is, is weird. Right. Um, did you also did you catch the heat that Google CEO Sundar Pichai is taking right now? That sounds like a very racist enunciation. That's how you say it. I know I'm I'm very close to the Sundar Pichai. Sundar Pichai, yeah. yeah, that's how you say it. He's, yeah, he's a new guy. I'm, right? I'm in he, touch. He stepped in recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's catching some heat. He's he's telling he's telling all the employees that quote you shouldn't always equate fun with money. I saw that quote. So, because I think he's taken away some of the, you know, liberties, perks. the perks yeah. that, that that were given out. What what sucks about this is they acquire, you know, all this talent and they convince people to work in the office yeah. for, you know, more than eight hours a day, somewhere up to like 14 hours a day, right? Oh, because they, they, they do. They we do. Got, you can go to the gym here, take showers here. Have you, you been get, to some of these like, facilities? No, I want to, this is why I brought this up because oh. I want to ask you because I know you've been. Oh, my God. I want to know, like, what are some of these perks that, you know, they have? Dude, these perks that they have. So, I, full or disclosure, I had because he's, he's taking. No, more. they still do have a lot. Yeah. I mean, they, so, I've. I've been solicited by a number of these these companies, and I've been to one specifically, and you know, kind of walked around, and I was stunned at some of the, the things that they had there. Uh, but I used to work across from the Google like legal offices in Southern California, mm. and I could see in when it got dark. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would see them go in the morning, and I would see what they would do. It was, it was insane. So, and then I've been to Google's headquarters. I've been to Facebook's headquarters. I'm you know, I've been to right. So, so I'll use. Um, I'll use Facebook as an example instead of using Google. Okay. There is a full commissary of free food there. Like you walk in, yeah. there's there's more than one. Like there's mm-hmm. several different places you can go to because these campuses are big. Right. And they have all sorts of different food, like all different cuisine. I mean, Asian, uh, Indian. And the thought process, right, is for them it's it's easy. It's also it's a ride off for them. You can go get your food, go back to your desk. And well, get think about it this work. way. If you're going to make food at home and then come right. into work, what time do you think you get into work? Like nine? Right. If you have to go to work to get your first meal and it's free and it's good, right? You're getting there earlier. You're getting there earlier, right? Exactly. You get up first thing you do, boom! You're gonna go into into the office. Um, they have like full refrigerators. You walk into, open, get whatever you want, energy drinks. They're there, you know. Um, any all the hip cool stuff is there, right? And they have, I mean, there's video games, there's there's pool tables, there's ping pong, there's I've even yoga some, classes. I've even seen some like napping pods. Napping pods, oh my god! Oh. So originally it was napping pods, those big like domes that you would like literally put around your head, and then right. you'd have like this like lay down kind of seat thing. Now there's like privacy things like booths oh, that wow. you can add in, which are really cool. Um, there there's like offices you can go into. It's really really cool. They really man. keep you inside this bubble. Yeah, Actually, so I, I don't get, know if you know this, but we're adding those into our offices. Yeah, too. the 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 you, you haven't been in the office in a long time because you work from home. I now, did not but, know that. So when you walk in on the eighth floor, yeah, there's um where there's six cubicles there. Yes, or five, whatever it was. Those are going to be private, um, kind of like little tiny hotel office rooms, right? Where you can go into and have a private conversation, close the door, go in and have like a oh how conversation. cool, yeah, yeah. So and we're going to move all the cubicles. We're going to get rid of the conference rooms and put everything in there. So. Wow. 
And it's just one of those things that we have to, as a bank, we have to compete with some of those, right? Right. So that's one of the things you people. Some of the things are becoming more and more common across. You can't all expect the people to go all the way downstairs, go outside, or talk in the hallways. You got to add, you know, you got to right. give people a yeah, little it bit makes of that sense. creature comfort. But I, I've seen the full gambit. I mean, they would bust people out to special events. They would have people bring their dogs to work. I mean, it was it was some amazing environments. Right, and it all started with original, like casually dressing to work. Yeah, a little bit. But so here, here's the thing: is that I do think you get a significant bump in productivity if people feel comfortable. Yeah. But there's also a point of diminishing returns okay. where people feel too comfortable and then it's just not work. Right. So, and if you're doing all these things and you're at home, I, I guess it depends on your own work ethic, but in, in, in the context of the working environment, I think if you give everybody these luxuries and they're performing, it's all good. Right. But if performing drops, performance drops off, that's a problem. And if you, as you start pulling back on staffing because of human capital costs you need to pull back from because you're getting pressure from things like inflation and the markets in the tech sector, let's be clear here, yeah. has been kicked really fucking hard in the ding-ding by this economy. Oh, yeah, big time. Huge. So they're now having to look at productivity. You know, well, speaking of productivity, there's a term that started getting floated around that I had no idea what it meant. I actually had to Google it, quiet quitting. This is new to you? Well, I mean, uh, as of like two weeks ago, we've, I don't think we've ever spoken about it on oh, the podcast. Oh, yes, we have. Not we on have. the podcast, not on the podcast. Oh, yeah. In but person, just, we have. But yeah, but it's just, I, I was blown away by this. Kids are fucking this up for everybody. <laughs> this, this, has been, yeah. this has been a thing for a long time. Yeah, the fact kid. that kids are like, oh, quiet quitting, this is new, hashtag quiet quitting, hashtag QT, yeah. you know, QQ, whatever. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Right. This is not new. It's called calling it in. Yeah. Like that shit's been around since our parents were there. Like, you go in, you do the bare fucking minimum of work. Just, like, just, this just, is not just, new shit. Just to get by. Just to get by. But that, that's I how, don't I don't understand it. Why? Like well, like you how you gonna, how are you gonna, how are you going to advance? Well, they don't care about that. It's just collecting one paycheck, and you might be pushing hard at one job. But here's the thing that gets me: is a lot of people have two jobs, right? And you know what? Good for you that you can manage that. But here's what I would say: in my personal experience, and this mm-hmm. is just just from my personal experience, you get much farther over time from dedicating and performing, right, at one job. Mm-hmm. Than you do working at two jobs, and let's say you're making eighty grand a year, and you make you get two jobs, you get one hundred sixty grand a year. Right. I personally believe you'll make two hundred, two hundred fifty grand a year at your primary job, or if you got another primary job, if you learn the craft, put and your you head down, it, put your head down, put your head to work. work. Right. Yeah. But nobody wants that yeah. because you can go out and get a second job overnight. Well, but yeah, well, Quiet that, that's how that's how that's how you and I think though. It's always the long term play. Well, right. everything in life is always a long-term play. Yeah. The problem is, is as we get older, mm-hmm. you start thinking more and more about long-term because you realize how short-term your life actually is. Oh, wow. It's fucked up. Dang. But that's the truth. Mahatma Gandhi. Ah, it was pretty prolific, yeah. right? <laughs> so profound. Yeah. I pro- don't ask me to repeat that shit. I yeah. can do. We've been drinking for a solid <laughs> half an hour right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still, uh, listen, bro, most profitable way, bro, most profitable way for the cryptocurrencies. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's a, you'll invest for me. It's good to be the back. The sad part man. was is that people actually hit me up and was like, is this you? Not to sound offensive, but is this you? <laughs> no, yet. motherfucker, obviously that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, tell me, tell me how was that trip to Hawaii? We actually mm. haven't spoken about it because we're like, let's save it for the podcast. We're going to do that? Yeah. Okay. You said, um, like we were talking about, could we take, could you, could you take a three week vacation? No, hell no. Right. Sayin uh, is talking about how one of our coworkers and our, our really close friends, Sarah, 
took a three week vacation to Vietnam. She's Vietnamese. First of all, she's never taken a vacation ever. So the ever. fact, the fact that she like took a vacation, years. took three weeks, we were all impressed and super happy for her. I was like, you're going to take what? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. She came back exactly what I thought. I would never do that again. It was too long. It was miserable. <laughs> of course. Like, I know you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not built for vacations. It's tough. That would be really hard for me. But here's, here's, here's the challenge that I face. My number one priority is to make my wife and my son happy. Yeah. My number one priority. So I'll take a backseat to anything mm-hmm. if it makes them happy. I know that I go to work. I leave the house every day physically because mm-hmm. I go to work in the office because, you know, that's what I do. Oh, God. Here we go. Hashtag, Shaming. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Not quite quitting. Yeah, not quite quitting. Quiet over here. working. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Um, so I go to I go to work and then I travel a lot for work. You know, I'll be um, after this podcast, we'll do another one tomorrow, and then jump into a trip to uh, Denver. Or, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, no Dallas, Dallas, maybe Denver in the not too distant future, and then I'll be in Florida again. And so you know, a lot of, a lot of trips coming up. Uh, but I travel a lot, so for me, not traveling is my vacation. Right. But for my wife, she wants to get out of the house. She wants to go to nice dinners. She wants to do all the things that wife, I would otherwise do. For my wife, the same way. It's not a trip unless you get on a plane. Yeah. So we were we were fucking fucking joking about it earlier, but I love this idea. Like a staycation to me would be so just get up, work out, oh like my God. be all about you. Just yeah, like do, exactly. Like eat your eat what you want to eat. Like right, prepped whatever you want to do. Yeah. Maybe catch up on a show if you wanted to. Go to a movie. Go to take a a, a three hour hike if you wanted to. Because I have the hike. Just I have go the do option. Some shit. Yeah. Exactly. Just do some shit like yeah. here that you normally wouldn't do. Right. Like you know, take an hour long shit if you want to. <laughs> like, cause you you're on vacation. Like, you can't. Uh, I actually I wanted to try some red light therapy. I've been wanting to try I that. Good. I have one at the house. I never fucking use it. Juve, by the yeah. way, best fucking pounds ever. Right. I've heard. Thank you, mind pup. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> those of you who don't remember, go back and listen to the previous episode. If you mentioned yeah. him on the show, <laughs> they, they show you as, as related to those other podcasts and they come up. But um. So, I want to make my wife happy. So I know that she planned for three weeks. She packed. She did this whole thing. I mean, she went above and beyond to make an amazing trip. We were only we flew into Hawaii on Monday. We flew back on Friday. So we were only there physically three days. Right. We uh, we sat in Gen Pop mm-hmm. on the Gen- way on the for, way over there. For those of you that don't, that's general population. Chris is so arrogant. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arrogant, man. I'm 6'5", 260 at this point. Yeah. I'm probably over 260 yeah. right now. Like, it, I'm a big dude. Can't say the general population. This and guy, he needs to see. He needs to say it 1A. First class, 1A. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's my next flight. is 1A. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I don't have no shame in that. Right. But what I'll tell you is is that for me, being in, in, in at least not like the extra comfort seats that they sell now, right. I mean, it's really hard. Like, I, yeah. my knees, I can't bend my knees like normally. And be like behind somebody. Right. I have to like tuck my legs down and forward. Otherwise, I can't get them in the seat physically. In front right. Of the seat. Yeah. Exactly. I'm big, you know. So uh, we did that all the way on the way out there. It five and a half hours, five hours and forty five minutes to to Hawaii. That's a long trip. And then yeah, straight. And then how did Carter do on the plane? It's so good. Oh God, he's not so the best. Good. I gave him my. I gave him my. Makes beats. you want to give him hugs and kisses. And for he, the rest. he just washed his iPad. He played. We, we played a play doh and stuff. We had like little like uh, my wife again brilliant packing and planning she had this little thing that went on top of the tray in the back of the the the, um, the seat in front of him right which opens up and has like these little like you know kind of uh walls up so we can play with like play-doh and stuff it doesn't get dirty oh, everywhere it was awesome brilliant we had his food uh, we brought on the plane so i mean to him it was, it was all good yeah yeah that's had awesome, a great time man. at the beach my wife went out that's the problem me. though with with those beaches though carter got spoiled because my son oh my let me tell you we went to hawaii same place right mm-hmm. i mean not as 
as expensive of a place. Don't, but don't, just don't, the, don't the place, the place two resorts Stop. down, that was significantly less. The Marriott uh, is literally yeah. one resort down. It's yeah, well, next door. Yeah. So, uh, but that that beach has a lagoon, and now for whatever reason, Adam thinks is that, that technically considered a lagoon? Is it? It's not. I mean, it, uh, that's what they called so it. It well, I, I guess it was a lagoon, but they also put in like that rock wall. Yeah. To separate the waves from coming right, in, so right. it, it's like a little. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of like a lagoon. I guess. So calm waters. That's what Adam thinks. So at, when we came back, he missed the beach after going to Hawaii. Of course, we decided to take him to Laguna Beach. And Ooh, bad call. Bad call. I saw the waves, and he's just like, "I don't want to go to this beach." I want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this beach not like Hawaii's beach? I'm like, You're, this is Southern California Laguna Beach, dog. What do you want? <laughs> He's like, God damn it, make this a lagoon. Build some rocks out there. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, come on, what Dad. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I can't see my feet in this water, bitch. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. This sand ain't soft. I will say this: the, the water wasn't as blue in lagoons. Really, the water was uh, was just clear for us. It was it was clear-ish, but it wasn't like yeah. super super clear. Yeah, stay at the Marriott, bro. Wow, bless wow. Heart. No, no, it's actually less expensive. Money. You know what I mean? Your timeshare money. Airbnb money. If you got a good deal, it doesn't mean that it was an expensive place. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we stayed at Alani, which is the resort next door, the Hawaii, the Hawaii like Disney equivalent. And it wasn't very Disney-esque. I mean, did they, I, I wanted to know. So did they have Mickey like running around? We saw, um, we saw the chipmunks. We saw Goofy. We saw Minnie Mouse. I don't think I saw Mickey. Mm-hmm. My wife went to a luau. I told her, I'm like, never go to a fucking luau. The worst. Oh, Don't ever go. man. The Such, worst. Yeah. So she food, was, she her food was the worst. You know, when we went, they we paid, paid $200 each for that fucking luau. Yes, we did. And you I'm know, like, and get guess, the fuck out of here for that shit. Yeah, I guess they, they ran out of dinners. I didn't get a dinner. $200? Yeah. You didn't get any pig? I didn't get, I got nothing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so I got mine comped. But still, I'm like, God damn. Huma, huma, nuka, nuka, <laughs> National fish, bro. National fish. So, yeah, but, I mean, the kids loved the show, so that was cool. Well, yeah, so Carter was going to bed on California time. Yeah. So at, like, 4, 4.30 their time, he was in bed. Wow. And I was staying You kept for, him on that schedule, huh? Yeah, because, I mean, we were only there for three days. Yeah. So my wife went to dinner with her mom for, like, three or two or three of the nights that we were there. And I went to dinner with her two of the nights that we were there. And I spent the rest of the night. Because for me, my vacation is spending time with my son and, you know, my wife going out and doing stuff. Right. It's just quality time. Yeah, yeah. So I got to, you know, spend time cuddling with him in bed and, you know, give him a bath and the whole thing. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. But fuck, man, it's hard not to work. Like, I love what we do. I love this podcast. I, I missed love it. talking about the money. I missed it. I was coming in here trying to trying to work on stuff as best I could because I was excited to get back. So this episode is actually going to be pretty current for the listeners because this is coming out in, what, two days? Three days? Uh, Three days, Yeah. Yeah. So it's an uncharacteristically current thing with with a lot without a lot of whole like a whole lot of current information, right? Um, but that's okay. It doesn't need to be super fresh. We have right. some questions, by the way. Oh, which uh, I only got like seven or eight. I might let me double check here. Allow me to take a look at the questions hmm. in the most profitable way. I'm never gonna let that go. By the way, <laughs> for those of you who thought that was me, shame on you. Hey. All right, question number one. How much do you weigh now thickness? What? Thickness? That feels inappropriate. Yeah. So they're, they're, people are catching on to us calling each other thickness. Well. And so now they feel comfortable calling you thickness. I feel like it's a question for the podcast. It might be for you. So I'm willing to yeah. tell them. <laughs> it could be you. Relax, thickness. Yeah. <laughs> Just came back from Hawaii. I'm looking at them thighs. I am clearly over 260. I was 258 before I left. Right. I'm yeah. clearly over 260 I'm now. I'm about 168% body fat. I've been, I've been doing 
168% body fat, what did you say? No, 160 pounds with 8% body fat. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. You can't tell? No, that's yeah. not accurate, is it? <laughs> no, it's not accurate. You're, you're, I was going to say, your thighs and quads are like... I, I, for those of you who want a really graphic, messed up detail, Saeed was on a ladder earlier and I grabbed his thighs and his butt. He's got a <laughs> lean ass. Yeah, like, very, very strong. It's big, like but an it's ox. lean. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a bi- like a bison. If I was a cannibal, bro, I'd be going all ass and thighs <laughs> on you. <laughs> yeah, that, that that fatty meat so, be your tummy. So, what was like, the qu- the question thickness? <laughs> yeah, how, how much do you weigh now? All right, uh, this one is twelve thirty one twenty twenty two. So year end. What do you believe owner occupied thirty year mortgage interest rates will look like? Well, we covered a little bit of that in the show. Owner occupied. Yep. Go ahead, thickness. Uh, owner occupied 30 mortgages. We said high sixes, uh, maybe even approaching seven handles, right? By the year end, yeah, I think you're looking at uh, six, eight, seven, five. I want to be so that's actually a good question, actually. It's not to cut you off, but I wanted to you just add, did cut me off, yeah. But you can't say better not content for the show, right? Uh, so at what point? So the articles that I read and some of the things that I was listening to, um, persuaded me to believe that it's almost guaranteed that the next rate hike will be 75 basis points. That's why, really, I, yeah. See, so, I haven't read anything at all. I've been completely away from the market. Yeah, you were just, gone in the last week, and I mean, no, no. I, I just I find that to be. I would think that, that rhetoric would have died down a little bit because we all thought that there was an implication that it could be a hundred basis points on the well, last gotta, one. Well, you got to think the end of the year projections. He increased it by a hundred basis points. So now the end of the year projection, he came out and said, Jay Powell, that it's going to be four point four percent. If we're currently at three to three and a quarter. Where does he have to go? So here's what I'll say. If that PCE print is bad, and I do believe that it will be bad, I yeah. think you got a 75. Yeah. 75 Easy, point. right? So here's so here's my question for you. If we know, and a lot of people are assuming that it's going to be 75 basis points, right? At what point do they start pricing that into the market? So they'll price that. So after that PC, PCE print, that's when they price it in. Is The, oh mar- the market will wait for that. And then that's why the Dow dropped 900 points last time. So they're going to wait till end of September to start end pricing September. that in. Exactly. Because everybody wants to let the good times roll, man. That's the behavioral economics. That's that's the right. human element that we keep talking about in the show. That, that mm-hmm. That's the reality is that there's so many people that could proactively do things to cut this kind of stuff off, but they right. choose not to. Yeah. Because you have to understand there's lots of money. Lots of money is tied to this great positive, like, hey, things are going great. We're going to, you know, we're good right now. Or, you know, things are going to change. It's not going to be negative. And then... You know, go, 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 go. And then, oh, bad CPC print. Oh, my God. Okay, things are going to be bad now. We have to you know, prepare for it. Right, because on the last rate hike, you know, that didn't affect the rates too much because that was already priced in. It was in. already priced in. It was already priced in. So that's what priced I want to know. That when... priced in the day the Dow dropped 900 points. Uh-huh. That's when they priced that in. Got it. Okay. And what I'll tell you is, is the same way you can look at that activity and say, okay, this one is priced. That's why that one realtor we talked about that one time, I was like, ha, 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 real yeah. estate, you know, values yeah. aren't, aren't impacted by Fed funds rate. That, that's because he didn't understand what was priced in and the timing of it. Because the timing is not very natural. Right. You think Fed raises interest, interest rates, timing changes. Right. It's actually, it happens before the Fed interest rate increases a run-up. Because everyone's reading the tea leaves, right? Exactly. Because the market has to adjust. Right. Which is why you don't want to have this massive crash and, and thing. You know, you want to have slow corrections over time. Okay. Each one of these is that's a why That's why all these other reports that we talk about are so important. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can start to be able to predict what the Fed's going to do, and what we all need to be cognizant of. If you want to be somewhat savvy, and you want to prepare for these things. Watch that ten-year versus two-year. I'm telling you, when that that inversion comes out, mm-hmm. and the ten-year starts to rise above the two-year, mm-hmm. you will see how impactful that is. It will be a real push on mortgage rates, right? And we haven't seen that happen yet. Yep, that's bad. 
Yep. Next question? Yes. Do you really get to vacation? Obviously, this question is too late. Um, oh, that's a good question, though. You yeah. do have a lot going on. I do have a lot going on. Uh, I would say that I check the emails every single day, uh, and I get about a thousand or more a day, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot. Uh, I try to like filter them down and taper taper things down to like sensitive groups, but I answer emails every day. I got a lot of calls related to some ongoing big things at the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to stay away from the real estate stuff, but I had a tenant that was vacating, a new tenant moving in on one particular property. There were some questions there. Uh, I did stay away from a lot of the financial figures. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't go too too heavy down financials because I wanted a little bit of a fresh perspective. Right. Uh, but no, I don't get the vacation in the traditional way, like where you put your phone like away and like you don't know, have. I had my work phone, I had my you know, personal phone. I had the my... outsider looking in, it look, but it comes off as you enjoy what you do. So it, it like it doesn't really. I mean, why why would you want to step so, pull yourself away that? I have long had a theory about this that that not too many people agree with. Okay, I don't believe that burnout's a real thing if you love what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, and I know that I've burned out on some things in my life. Yeah. It's never been the things that I love. Right. So I can't get enough of you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I truly don't. And I, I do love what I do. I don't necessarily love the banking stuff as much as I love like the podcast. Mm. But I love the people that I work with. Yeah. I love talking to you. I love talking to Sarah. I love talking to Helen and everybody else. Like, I, like those, those, those brief fleeting moments that I get to do that. Yeah. Keep me going. Exactly. If I didn't have the people there, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I agree. But for stuff like this, like I, I love the economy. I love like knowing more about what's happening, and and I really do feel like we are providing a value. I mean, I don't know about you. Right? Yeah, I feel like we're providing a service. You know that great content that deserves five star reviews. Well, fuck all that. We've been right on a lot of these calls. Uh, a, a lot. What do you mean? Every single one. Every goddamn one. I don't want to yeah. be the arrogant guy. Come on, you were the arrogant guy. But we've been right on every goddamn one. And the worst part about it is, is like. So much of this shit is so logically foreseeable that when you hear stuff in the in the news, I hope people who listen to this can appreciate how frustrated it gets mm-hmm. and how angry I get when I see this shit on CNBC and like the Fed secretary coming out saying, well, hey, man, the labor market's strong. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah. I know. It's just lying to the people. Um, but the, the problem is all those journalists that are in the room – they know he's lying, you know, and you're, you're, they know that what's Are a, they? They're not economists. They, but they know what's a lagging indicator. Some of them are sector not, experts. Yeah. I'll give you yeah. that. You know what I mean? But uh, the people that bother me more are the quote unquote economists that are on like CNBC saying that, you know, the Fed's doing more harm than they are good. And, you know, there there isn't a problem. And Well, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. Right. Everybody's like, oh, I'm not saying that we could have done better than the Fed. I'm just trying to help explain. And I think you are, too what the Fed's doing and what the implications are to us. Right. Just providing a better understanding of why these things are important. And I, I honestly don't think that I could do a better job than the Fed's doing right now. It's really hard to do what they're doing. Yeah, it's exactly. Hard. Yeah. So, I mean, political spin and all that notwithstanding, when you're in control of an economy and you're doing this, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, he was even asked at the at the last uh, presser, uh, are you even considering selling off some mortgage-backed securities? MBS, is, yeah. yeah, and he was like, "No, not yet," and we're not even considering that. It's not even on the table. Like he, he, it was a firm no because there, there is 
huge impacts to yeah. the lending world. Yeah, he wanted to make that world. very, very clear. Yeah. That that's not on the table yet, and we're not looking at it, so don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's not a good thing. Um, when will we see those Airbnb arbitrage homes on the market? Mm. So uh, we talked about a little bit in the show about how consumer spending has not pulled back yet. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about how some of those homes that were purchased with super low uh, interest rates, uh, they may be able to rent it out for longer-term holds. But um, the arbitrage people don't have the luxury. Yeah. They got to pay their rent. Yep. And they got to make money on top of whatever that rent is by renting the properties out. At some point, we're going to get this juxtaposition, if you will, where consumer spending is pulling back and it's going to be hard for them to get tenants in. Yeah. Especially this Airbnb, quote, lux property section. Everybody seems to be in the, I'm in the luxury section. I do corporate leases that I, you know, I rent out to 30, 60, you know, 90 day plus people. And it's like, well, that works when companies are spending money. Yeah, exactly. When companies aren't spending money, yeah, they want a good corporate rate. Yeah, right. And if you're in a luxury property and you're doing, because that's the way to get around a lot of loopholes. I think people don't understand this is that if you're renting on Airbnb and air, places that you shouldn't be airbnb the loophole around is if you rent for longer than 30 days. Got it. Right. So it's more of a month-to-month tenancy-like-ish. Yep. So number one, cities and counties are getting more, and states for that matter, are getting more and more savvy around some of these people that are using around loopholes. But also, consumer spending is going to pull back. Corporate spending is going to pull back. And when it does, you're going to have an opportunity. I think by late 2023, you're going to start to see some implications of people who are in that space um, who are over leveraged mm-hmm. uh, with the rent they started, they agreed to pay. Because the way this works is, generally speaking, if you're a, a property, a landlord owner, and you're renting out to somebody, you want to rent out to just a normal 30-day tenancy, month to month, right. annual lease. But if you rent out to somebody who's an Airbnb person, generally speaking, they pay over market rent to you for the additional risk that they have in their business model. Yep. Usually it's through their LLC, whatever it is, if they're smart. And they think, well, I'm going to be able to rent it out for this dollar amount for this many days a month. And I'm going to make you know this much in, quote, arbitrage, the difference between paying the rent and my take home. Right. Well, that's going to go away as less and less people rent over time. Mm-hmm. And now you have an above market rent. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That so, is going to be tough. So I think I think you start seeing that in late 2023, mid 2023, you start seeing implications of that. Okay. I'd love to see that sector go away. It's the bane of my existence for a number of reasons. All right. Uh, last question. Expectations slash advice for a couple who would also like a work relationship. Holy shit. Wow. Good question. Um, go ahead, Chief. Drop some knowledge. Well, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to you you would have to create some type of boundaries. And the question is, are you is it at are you both working at home, both inside the office? I mean, there's a, a number of details here that are missing. But um, I mean, it it w- I can see how it would be tough because you know it depends on how strong your relationship is, right? It, if you can still see each other all, every day and not bring your work home and still keep your relationship pure after work hours and not talk about work, then it's good. But everybody needs a work-life balance. I have a weird take on this. Mm. I love the people that we work with at the office. Yeah. I only hire people that, that I legitimately like get along with. Of course. And because we're so picky, I mean, to hire an assistant, it took us two years. Yeah. You know, we spent a lot of time looking. Right. 
everybody brought in people that we were closely connected to. So that in a lot of ways, they're my family. My wife, on the other hand, is legitimately my family. Mm-hmm. But I look at her as my business partner in life. Yeah. So I think okay. we're all already working with our spouses. Right. I mean, you should be, right? Um, working together to grow something bigger and better. But um, I mean, that's the I, whole point of life, I, right? Is we're all trying to grow our personal brands. You have to be able to evaluate, you know, your relationship with your partner, your significant other, and see if, if and have an honest conversation if this is something that you guys would be able to handle. I mean, I personally would love that idea of working with my wife because we don't get to see each other that often now. Mm. We have friends that you know both work from home together, so they're essentially working together, mm. even though for different businesses. Um, and I would love to see her more and work with her more because we don't, I, I don't feel like I get to spend enough time with her. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, and I don't feel like I spend enough time with my wife either, but what I'll say is, is that in every relationship, you need to have lines you do not cross. Mm-hmm. I think uh, by way of example, in a marriage- They're grabbing my butt on a ladder. No, that, that's appropriate. That's appropriate. That's right, appropriate, right. yeah. Don't ever stop. First of all, I complimented it afterward. Right. If I would have grabbed it and been like, oh, this is squishy. <laughs> squishy. You know, or <laughs> yeah. clearly there's a lot of, you know, a lot of pork belly in between. <laughs> That'd be different. That's haram, bro. But what do you mean? It is. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that is a religious equivalent of blessed meat. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, there's got to be boundaries. So in, in, a, in a marriage, I don't think divorce words should ever be thrown around. Mm. Like you say that when you mean it and right. that only. Yeah. That, I think that, that is something my wife and I, we spent a lot of time talking about the beginning of our relationship to, to this day. And I'm not saying you have spent to. spend a lot of time talking about divorce? No, no. Just things things that we don't want to ever like cross the line Boundary, about. Boundaries are important. Boundaries are important. Yeah. I mean, to this, to this day, I'm not frowning on people who have or haven't. This is just something that works for us. To this day, my wife and I haven't cursed at each other because I was like, I don't ever want to cross that line. Let's res- let's respect that. Oh, we've cursed at each other, my wife yeah. and I. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and like, but if that works for you, great. But for my wife and I, I know that that's only something that's going to escalate the situation. Let's just never cross that line, right? Well, it's easy to do that, but I think the reason why people always ask this question is because in the work environment, you have boundaries yeah. that are innate to the business environment. Right, exactly. Like, it's just that That's just where it's at. Like You just know you can't do certain things. Um, and yet when you go home, you have this comfort level. And this is kind of the irony of life, right? Where you can go off emotionally on people that are close to you, your family, the, the people that are close yeah, to you see, see the worst parts of you. Right. Right. But the unfortunate reality for the work environment is, is they, they get this filtered variant of us because we know there are boundaries there. Right. So you just have to set those boundaries early on in a working relationship. And be able to, pun intended, divorce yourself from the relationship <laughs> when you're working. Right. Exactly. And the greatest example I can give of this is if I were to hire an employee, the best I could hope for, it, unless I have some of the amazing people that I have now in which they do a better job than I do, is in most cases you get about 80% of what you would want mm-hmm. from yourself. Right? They'll do about 80% of the work or quality of work that you would do. We're lucky enough that we work with people that are that are going to kill themselves to go over and above and perform, if not the same, but better than you would do. Right, just to also to make your life that much easier because we all care about one another. Yeah, we all care. And you have t- two different kinds of, of situations here. Some spouses are, are going to want to work that 80%, just get it done. Mm-hmm. Some spouses are going to want to go 110% to make you happy. Right. You got to figure out what your spouse is and work with it. 
Yeah. Because you can't remarry somebody else and you're going into business together. Right. I know my wife. My wife is amazing com- you know, connector. She mm-hmm. connects and communicates with people like she'll she's that kind of person who's going to walk into a room and she's going to she's going to like get to know everybody. Yeah. I'm not that guy. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm like I'm the guy in the back of the room who's an arrogant motherfucker uh, who's like I have a uh, podcast bitch. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. I don't even know you. No, that's not true. That's what the reviews yeah, say that's though. What the reviews that's say. the fucked up part about this shit. <laughs> that's not true. My wife is an amazing like she she remember people's birthdays, she remember people's names. She's she, really really good. Yeah. She remembers all those details and I don't got, remember any of that shit. When my wife got into an accident, she was checking on her every day um or felt like every other day, you know, being a really? good, being a good friend unlike you. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "What? <laughs> what happened?" Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that's the sad part about my life is I, I think a lot of people too expect me to be, and I think I've said this in the show before. Um, I can't be the world's greatest friend. It's tough. I don't it's, have the time easy. to do all those things. And someone like Adam had, like we were talking about Mind Pump. Yeah, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. At Mind Pump, he has people on his team who are connecting him constantly and putting him in contact with those touches because he wants to be because he wants to be a good friend. But he knows that look at the end of the day, there is such thing as decision fatigue. Oh, right, thousand percent. I remember I heard first time I heard about decision fatigue was. Um, Obama used to have someone lay out his suit the day before because that was just one less decision that he wouldn't have to choose every day. Oh, it wasn't just him. It goes back to Steve Jobs. You remember yeah. this? No, I hadn't heard about this oh, until so Steve, then. Steve Jobs, that's the reason why he wore the same outfit every single day. Yeah. He wore the same like black turtleneck, the jeans, the same New Balance shoes. Yeah. It's because it was one less decision he had to make every day. Yeah. So Steve, Steve Jobs was the first person I ever heard about really you know, kind of championing the whole decision fatigue conversation. Right. And that that's why he wore the same thing every single day. And as a guy who wore like really high-end suits and was really into like that life for that at that point in time that was really kind of shattering for me right where i thought part of my personal brain and who i was was wrapped around right with the way i looked and the way i carried myself and again some of that was i was very young in banking and i had to do other things i had to do to make myself look more sophisticated or more like everybody else so right. that was just kind of how i did that uh but you know, decision fatigue is a real thing, and and how we work with people around us is is it comes down to communication. I agree. I and agree. most spouses don't communicate as well as they should. Right, and that's if that's something that you feel like your relationship could benefit from, take the time to work on it together because communication is everything. So to answer your question before I ask Said an awkward question, oh, is is communicate. Set boundaries, set roles that are clearly defined. You're going to be CEO, you're going to be chief operating officer. What does that mean? Have that conversation about what it means. Believe it or not, you already do that with your spouse because you have defined roles and how you handle the children. Who who gives the children bath? Who who gets you know? Who's the primary earner? Who's going to work? Who's staying mm-hmm. at home? Or who's you know dropping off kids at daycare? You've you've already defined roles in your relationship. Right. Just know that when you get into business with one another, you have to define those roles before you actually start doing them or as they evolve in the relationship, continue to talk about and define them. Because if you don't, then you have a relationship that can get carried away and get very lopsided very quickly. Yeah, I agree. And emotions can run run foul. Mm-hmm. So. Awkward question. Awkward question. Let's go. You know, I know you and your wife well. Do you? Yeah. All right. I think I do. <laughs> okay. It's been a long time. I don't know where this is going. I'm just saying. Have you guys, if you had to rate yourself on a scale of communication, uh-huh. one to 10, yeah, what would you rate yourself? Honestly? Yeah, honestly. 10. 10, okay. Are there still things you find are awkward to say to your wife? Awkward to say? No. Like, there's nothing you would, you, you, could, you could go home and be like, honey, I want you to toss my salad. 
Uh, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't feel awkward about that. I could say I know that I could say that, and she would instantly laugh because she knows me so well. That's I, how I good know, our but, communication level is. There's, there's nothing you could yeah. say that you would feel awkward. You you couldn't be like, I could say there's not there's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. There's wow. Abs- that honestly, and, and I I give her credit. I give myself credit. Early early on, we made this a focus because I we really really wanted to. Make this work when we started dating, okay. and we okay. set these boundaries early. Let's test this. Yeah, let's test this. Let's test it. Kids are gone. Okay, at away at grandma's. Away at grandma's. Okay, just you and the wife in the house in this unprecedented, rare set of circumstances. Okay, talking to your wife. It's been a great day. You guys had a great date, and the urge to poop comes on. The urge to poop for you, myself. For yourself. Okay. You know you have to poop. Okay. Go to the bathroom. Sit down. You poop. <laughs> is the door open or is the door closed? Closed, bro. Come on. There's a level of respect too. What, what Just, level? What level well, of respect? Wait, hold on, hold on. There's there's a level of respect and there's open lines of communication. Those are two different topics. Okay. Let me just tell you right now. My wife. Yeah. She wants that door open. She she wants your door open, bro. My wife. She's Filipino. I don't understand this. I, Let me understand. I don't understand either. Yeah. Like, I'm trying, trying to understand. My, so women and their moms. My wife was walking around naked in front of her mom. Okay. Like, I would never walk around dick out in front of my dad. Yeah, yeah no, that's not going to happen. Hey, dad, you see it? Yeah. <laughs> it's big, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's you. You made this dick. Right. <laughs> like, oh, right. like, I don't do that with my dad. Right. Like, I don't know if that's a Middle Eastern thing or like, you know, whatever it is. But no, man. I just feel like that's, I mean, for, for us, there's, there's no point. I don't see the My wife there. will walk in and have like a conversation with me while I'm going number two. Really? Oh yeah, the well, door's open. Like at the point, I was so bashful when we first started dating. I could not, I could not physically shit in front of her. Right? Yeah, like, I can't do yeah, it. My, my butthole like, it tightens, like up. tightens up. It gets <laughs> yeah. all sweaty and percolates. Yeah, yeah. This is not a good situation yeah, for me. Yeah. I couldn't I, do it. Yeah, and I now I'm at the I can't point where I'm to, like, I can't talk to anybody if my butthole is exposed. Yeah. Now I can. Now, now I can. <laughs> wife walks in, has coffee. She's like, she'll she like confront me over shit. Yeah. Like, where were you? Yeah. What did you do? Because she knows you're gonna be honest. Your butthole's exposed. It's so weird, man. And the worst part about it is, is like, I feel like I'm the asshole, pun intended. Yeah. Because, like, I'm the one closing the door while we're on vacation. But her right. mom's there, her son's there, her wife's there. Come on, man. What do you mean? There's also, what about the scent? Like, I know, but it's Hawaii. Everything's got slats in it. All Come the doors on. got slats. All the doors got slats. <laughs> you, don't bring, you don't bring poopery with you on the trip? No, my wife brings poopery everywhere she goes, man, but I don't use it. Yeah. I like my smell. That's why <laughs> oh, it's your smell. That's gross, Oh, bro. come on, man. You, come there's on. no person on the planet who takes the, his shit and goes, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. This guy next to you that <laughs> smells and goes, that's horrible. <laughs> that's that's just pheromones. <laughs> Why are you getting mad? And girls, hey, honest, girls always act like they don't know, but this I know true. how much I know how much protein you eat. Okay, I know you had a lot of protein on the trip. I did, yeah. Did you yeah. take some whey protein with you? I had a uh, whey, whey whey protein, almond milk, and oatmeal every morning. I know you breakfast, did. Okay, yeah. so let me be, be honest. When you farted on the airplane. Did you? It wasn't over? bad on the way did, there. Did I didn't you? have any problems on the way there. It was it, way back. That's what I'm asking. I know it happened at least one way. On so the way did back, you, did you, would you do it and just look, <laughs> look around? So on the way back, I, I couldn't do general pop anymore, and I tried to upgrade. You did first, it in first class. I had I, I tried to upgrade in first class. They wouldn't let me in first class. They had, they were booked, and I, I tried pulling all the arrogant shit out. I'm like, I have an American Express black card. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Um, and that's not true. I didn't do that just for the, for the record. <laughs> Arrogant piece <laughs> <Yeah>. of shit. <laughs> but uh, I just try to play into the persona, baby. But um, 
So uh, I upgraded to um, uh, the Economy Plus, which has a bigger wider section, but the, you, you can't sit in the exit row with a three-year-old. Yeah. So my wife and her mom and my son sat behind me, and then I sat in the... Because you thought you were better than them. I'm better than them. I like to have them behind <laughs> me. You know, it's just, it's just racially motivated. Um, but the uh, I sat in the seat in the, in the next to the door, but didn't have a seat in front of it. So uh, I had the full leg room. Wow, look at you flexing on everybody. Oh, flexing everybody. But if I farted, it went back towards them. <laughs> like, oh, right? Like, I can't. Terrible. What yeah. a, what a like, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. But I've been eating nothing but like Hawaiian food. You know, you did send me a photo I of did. you guys coming on the way back, and Carter was knocked out. Yeah, that was yeah, gas. What knocked him out? Yeah. Yeah, he's gaseous <laughs> material. Yeah, exactly. He was tired, man, playing in the sun. But uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad on this particular flight. But I will tell you that the, the airplane had surprisingly spacious bathroom compared to like a lot of the planes you get on when you go to like uh anything below like five hours or that's not you know across the ocean mm-hmm. generally is like an a320 or 737 or something like that especially if it leaves john wayne yeah because they have their their noise ordinance and uh, approach situation so we had to go out of ontario to go to hawaii but they had a, they had bigger bathrooms which is nice when you're my size bro going to the bathroom in like a320 or 737 they don't have a wider bathroom size for you. it is it is hard they- yeah, it is not. I easy. try to do my best to never use those bathrooms. I, I I don't think I've ever gone on a flight and not used the bathroom. What? I got a small bladder, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, my bladder has gotten significantly smaller since I started working from home. Yeah, you, you pee when you want when you want to. Yeah, the bathroom's right there. Yeah, you, your body's like, fuck yeah. you, man. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's becoming a problem when we when me, my wife, and the kids go out. It's like she has to remind the kids and also say, do you have to use the bathroom too? Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Thank, thank you That's what you say. I appreciate yeah. you, honey. Maybe we yeah. wait 10 minutes so I can really go, and then uh, then we'll leave. I want to, uh, 10 minutes later, I'll have to go to the bathroom again. Yeah. I probably shit four times before I leave the house. In the yeah. Morning. It's bad. Yeah. All right. Well, before we end the show, I want to commit you to what we're going to do tomorrow night. Okay. A lot of people have hit me up and asked for a more commercial real estate focused episode. Wow. Okay. And as somebody who is an underwriter, specifically for commercial real estate. Right. Multifamily primarily. But not underoccupied. Right. Yeah. Commercial real estate. You have an interesting and fully detailed perspective mm-hmm. into what that looks like. Yeah. So I would like on the next episode, which will drop the following uh, episode, which is Friday, I think. This coming Friday. This coming Friday. I would like for you to talk about what you see, how you do, what you do, how you get into it, what you. And I'll just, I'll be the idiot in the room and I'll mm-hmm. just ask you questions and we'll try to see if we can give people some insight into what someone in your position looks for when they review yeah. and ultimately recommend. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm, com- I'm committed to it. Let's go. Let's try to not get me fired. Oh, I'm trying to get you fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing would bring me greater joy. Right. Yeah, no, let's do it. It'll be a good episode. Full-time employee for the higher standard. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> employee one. <laughs> employee number one, right. <laughs> I remember one time I was working for a bank and the uh, somebody called in and I was I was just a teller at the time. And um, this is a little story right before we end it. And somebody called in and said, um, I'd like to make a transfer out of my uh, savings account. And um, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, I can help you out with that. Uh, can I get your bank account? He's like, um... It's the first one. I was like, that's such a flex. What do you mean the first one? The first account that was ever open for the bank. I was like, 
Oh, okay. That was our bank. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was us. Yeah, yeah, it was, bro. I, was, I wasn't going to drop it off on the podcast. I know who that was. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know exactly who that was. Yeah. I just thought I was like, that was so funny that I have no idea what my bank account number is, but it's the first one that you guys ever had. So I was just like, oh, wow, I'm dealing with this person. Great. <laughs> don't don't get fired. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck that up. Yeah, yeah. It makes you really better. The same guy, when he walked into our grand opening, I hadn't actually met him yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I it was like, hey, um, who are you with? He's like, oh, I own you. No, oh, I own you. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow, that's a different way of looking at things. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey. Yeah, yeah, you work for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're that guy. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. Nicest yeah. guy in the world. All right, I, and I, I caught myself several times now. Whenever we end the show, I say, see you next week. But that's not necessarily true because we're going to see you this week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see you Friday. So we'll see you Friday. Bye, All right. everybody. Mr. Uchi Wally Wally signing off with goodbye, everybody. Yeah, Uchi Bang Bang. That's terrible. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.